Hello, thanks for listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. This is Adam Rosen, your host. I'm a fellowship-trained orthopedic surgeon who specializes in joint replacement. In these episodes, I'm going to share with you a lot of my tips and tricks and review classic articles and current implant designs. Thanks for tuning in and on with the show. Hello, welcome back. This is Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. So in today's episode, I want to keep with the last episode's theme and talk about the hip. And in sort of an analogous way, I'm going to talk to you about um, hip balancing in the way that I talked to you before about knee balancing. And I have uh, actually tomorrow, um, so I'm doing this Sunday, but this will be a couple weeks down the road that you'll hear it. Um, but um, our fellowship just you know, had the new change of fellows, and we go through some classic articles in the beginning. Um, but last week, we spent an additional um, half hour going over knee balancing and understanding the differences and nuances um, that I've talked about in that podcast episode. But um, tomorrow, you know, so I've been thinking a lot about, you know, what we're going to go over tomorrow is the hip balancing aspect. And I've thought about this for a number of years, and I've tried on multiple occasions to create a boxed-like chart um, or algorithm to lay this out there. And um, it's the way that my brain thinks. And, and I just think it's a lot easier to do in a knee format because every time that I've tried to do it in hip format, it gets a lot more confusing. So I'm not going to give you anything to mem- memorize. And I think that's an important part of learning because if you just memorize box A, B, C, D, you don't may or you may not understand it um, and it may not help get you through a certain um, scenario. And I find in the hip world, um, it's not as, as formulaic sometimes in the knee. So understand when we talk about the hip. Um, and, and again, I've heard other people um, talk about this in one way or the other, but um, it's the way that I think about it is the, the goal to getting a stable hip. And there's lots of other goals, but the goal to getting a stable hip comes down to everything. It comes down to the um, choosing of the right patient, picking of the right implant, uh, but most importantly, I believe it's the approach, whether or not you're doing you know anterior, posterior, or lateral, but doing it well, um, and then putting in your implants well, um, having some form of templating, um, and having some way of balancing, and also having some way of closing. You know, you can't just do one of those things and expect a good outcome. And the other important thing, which is why this algorithm gets a lot more complicated, um, is that there are different options with different implants and different manufacturers. So uh, there's a couple ways, you know, to think about it. So if you talk about, you know, a well-balanced hip, um, we are probably talking about restoring length and offset and center of rotation and soft tissue balancing. So all of those things come into play. So some minor things that I've talked about previously, though, again, for me, I'm a posterior guy. So there's some nuances that are going to be more specific to the anterior people and anterior approaches. Um, but for me, it is extremely important on how I take the piriformis off and how I do my capsulotomy and how I repair those at the end of the case. Uh, but also the other important caveats, which I find some people kind of miss out on with the posterior approaches is, you know, looking for anterior osteophytes, both on the neck and also around the trochanter, because those can limit motion. Um, they can also make it difficult to expose the acetabulum 
which can lead to poor acetabular placement. Um, and also, it can lead to impingement with flexion and internal rotation, which if you're not aware of those osteophytes, you may just err on adding something like length or offset. And that's the big mistake I think a lot of people make. You know, in the knee, I, I think the knee is a lot less forgiving. You know, it's a lot simpler to talk about these terms in flexion and extension. You know, but when you get into the nuances of mid-flexion and rotatory stability and patellar tracking, it gets a lot more complicated, but you can't just make a knee looser or make a knee tighter. Um, there's a lot more technique and art that goes into that. But I think a lot of people, when they get stuck with a hip that is difficult to balance, you know, go to just add offset or just add length. And when the patient comes in and says, my hip sticks out and I have trochebursitis, it's like, well, you know, it'll stretch out over time, kind of live with it. Or my leg's long and you're like, well, you know, it's, uh, we had to get it stable where I lift on the other leg. So those are things that occasionally occur. And, and more frequently, you hear a lot of people talk about the dual mobility as an option. You know, and again, you're getting larger head size, greater jump distance, but it may not necessarily um, always be the correct solution in each situation. So, so let's just talk about the nitty gritty of like balancing. And I'm going to kind of forget all those other things that we just talked about, about the approach, about the exposure, about the patient selection, about, you know, even implant position, um, you know, I'm going to do this talk assuming that your stem is well fixed um, and straight, not in varus or valgus, and your cup is well positioned. You don't have a high hip center or you didn't posteriorize your cup. Um, so if a hip is balanced, you know, more than likely, you know, you've restored the length and offset and soft tissue balancing and removed the offsets. So that's good. Okay. So let's say your hip is unstable um, and you are short and have less offset than their normal contralateral side or what you templated for. So this becomes the easiest option, right? So you need a little bit more length and you need a little bit more offset. So then you go to a plus ball, you know, whether or not it's company ABC, it might be two and a half, three and a half, what have you, but whatever your ball size is, you go up because adding a ball is going to add both length and offset. But it is important to understand, you know, are you dealing with a system that's, you know, 135, 132, 127, 126 and a half, like, you know, and when we start talking about offset, you know, do you have, you know, a modified neck that goes from a more like valgus style neck shaft angle to a more varus? Um, does it add length and offset? Does it add pure offset? Does it add six millimeters of offset? Does it add eight millimeters of offset? You know, does it in some with the cox of Aranex, you know, does it add offset and reduce length? So... Those are things that, again, are complicated to put into an algorithm setting because I do not know what implant you're talking about when you say, well, this is the problem that we ran into. And if you say, oh, well, I was using implant A, okay, with implant A, these are your options. But if you were using implant B, these are your options. So again, if you're short, unstable, minimal offset, you can add length and offset by just adding a ball length. And conversely, if you trial you know, a neutral and you are tight, and you have enough or more than enough offset, then you can just go down a ball size. But also you want to be aware of your implants because, um, you know, in some companies like with J&J, their minus only comes in metal. So let's say you have a young patient, you're planning on using ceramic. Um, that's one where you might say, yes, my, my minus option is, a, is going down in a ball size, like neck length, but then I only have a or a metal option. So is there something else I can do to maintain my plus one and a half, which is sort of their neutral to maintain the ability to use a ceramic head? 
Okay, so let's say your length is good, but you do not have enough offset. So maybe um, due to their femoral geometry um, that you have a smaller stem in regards to the neck length. Maybe it's a stem where the neck length grows with the implant. Or maybe you over-medialized by accident, um, or maybe you over-medialized on purpose. But in any event, you are unstable and you do not have enough offset. So options, what do you do? So depends again on the implant company. So one option, um, one of the systems I used to use um, uh, was Stryker. We used to use a fit and fill stem you know, years ago. It really only had one neck shaft option. There wasn't a change in... Um, neck angles, it wasn't high offset options, it was a 127 neck. So this was a common scenario where, you know, we'd template, you'd put the stem in, you need a little bit more offset, 127 neck length, you, you go up a ball size, but again, just like our last discussion, you add length and offset. So then you have to countersink your stem. So you take your stem, you might have to work down a brooch or so, and you have to countersink that stem to make up for the added length that you get by adding a larger ball, which added more offset. So that's option one. Let's say you use a system that has a lateral offset um, neck. So that becomes one option. You don't need length. You just need offset. So you just go to the lateral offset neck. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome to Fuller Butts, a behind-the-scenes plastic surgery podcast. Yes, you heard that right. Join your co-hosts, Dr. Sam Fuller and Dr. Dan Butts, board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeons on an exclusive full-access pass into the world of plastic surgery. Combining their expertise and training, Drs. Fuller and Butts will share medical insights, detailed explanations, and lighthearted humor to keep you entertained and informed. We're certain you'll become passionate about the plastic surgery specialty and between debunking myths, uncovering truths, or just making you laugh out loud at their perspective on this creative and artistic field, we've got something for everyone. Um, let's say um, you're already using a lateral offset neck and you already are in a higher ball length and you're afraid to make them longer. Some systems have a lateral offset liner. So that becomes your other option is you can add a offset liner, which pushes your ball out. Um, also, depending on the angle of your cup, can also push it down and out. So you may, again, run into that instance where you added offset, you got balancing, the troke is away from the pelvis, but now you've added a little too much length. So you have to rework your brooches down and get a little bit more um, down and counterplane or um, calcar plane again to remove that length and this balances your offset. So it starts to get confusing, right? So there's a lot to think about. One of the ways that I have people stop thinking about all those things in the ball of the neck is think about the troke sometimes. Sometimes I find it's easier to think about the troke. So if you look at an x-ray, you know, we're trying to measure length and you're looking at the lessers and you're looking at the pelvis and, you know, you're trying to measure all these things. Sometimes think about the trochanter in relation to the pelvis, and if you can look at the trochanter sometimes and say, oh, the troke's high or, you know, too medial, and I have to push the troke just out or just down or just down and out. Sometimes if you think about the troke in that way, you can think, oh, I need to push it down or down and out, or I have to push it down more than out. Um, that allows you to go, okay, that's where I want to go. How do I get there? And then based on the system, you know, you have certain options. 
Because, you know, then the other option becomes, let's say you, you just need length, right? Let's say you have enough offset, um, and maybe even a little bit more offset than what you need, but you need more length. You're still short. So what are your options there? Well, again, if you're using a more, you know, uh, Varus style neck. So for me, when I was using striker systems, the 127 neck, one of the options was like for the Accolade, you can convert to a 132, which got you a little bit more length. And maybe you're someone that always starts trialing with a high offset neck. You can get rid of that and go to a more, you know, neutral neck um, and then just add length. So you've gotten rid of offset, but you're adding length now. And as you add that, you add a little bit of offset, but again, you're bringing your troke more down as opposed to out. You're bringing it down and in if you go from a lateral offset to a more neutral neck and add a ball length. Now, the other option, again, what if you only need length? You know, say even you've pushed your offset out a little bit too much and you're afraid to add more offset. Well, one of the options is going up a stem size. So if you go up a stem size, you may be potting that stem a little prouder. Let's say you've already calcar planed, but you go up the next stem size and you pot that stem size a little proud, you've added just length. So that becomes an option. Um, the other option, which again is a little bit more complicated, but this is why you have to look at the whole x-ray and see like, how did I do? And for me, again, I always take an intraoperative x-ray. So I put the initial ream and just put the initial cup in, try liner, brooch, ball. We take an intraoperative x-ray. If I'm afraid of just adding a ball length, which would add length and offset, and I can maybe pot the next stem up, adding just length, but I still have too much offset. I might do that to add the length, but because of the offset issue, I may remove my cup and further medialize the cup. You know, maybe they had a big osteophyte and, you know, maybe you didn't take it all the way down to the floor. Uh, maybe you misjudged how medial you need to go. But one of the options is always to remove the cup, remedialize, uh, put the cup in, and that will decrease your offset. So, you know, those are all kind of, you know, things to think about. Um, now, trialing um, and things like that, and this is where I think it's a really important thing, is we also have to talk about the differences between um, implant and anatomic impingement. And I think there's a really good article in JBJS, I believe it's JBJS, uh, by Malik and uh, lead authors, or um, the um, senior authors, Dr. Doerr, the late Dr. Doerr. So they go into a really good explanation. Um, and, and when you read these topics, what we're talking about is, you know, for me, again, you hear about it in my podcast on the posterior approach, my algorithm for balancing. So I go through this every single time, you know, with trials and things like that. And this helps get into this scenario of the algorithm that we just talked about and thinking about where do you want to put the troke? What is my issue with stability? Is it offset? Is it length? Is it both? What are my options? Is it a ball length to add length and offset? Is it a lateral offset neck, um, which adds just pure offset? If I add a lateral offset neck that adds offset and length. Um, I get my offset, but I have to countersink my stem. Is it just length? Can I pot a stem? Is it too much offset? Do I have to medialize my cup? Um, all, all those are things. But the way that I go through my algorithm every single time, and it was actually one of the reasons, um, and again, you know, you've heard most of my podcasts. I like knees more than hips. I find it more fascinating and interesting. Um, you know, when anterior came out, I remember doing a lab with the HANA table when it first came out. I was just not really keen on the, you know, on table, not being able to feel the leg because if you've done this long enough, you've seen, you know, I've had second opinions come in, chronic instability, doc doesn't know what to do, and the x-rays look perfect. You know, so if you're doing on table, you don't have the ability to take the leg out as frequently as much to really test it. X-rays look great. You're still going to have some great looking x-rays that are unstable. 
Um, and you have to be able to figure out why. So for me, trials in, first thing, combine Ranawan sign. So leg neutral, internally rotate the leg. They talk 20 for um, males, 40 or 45 for females. I'm kind of putting most people in the middle. Um, and then looking at my equator sign, and that really gives you a good assessment of the combined version, meaning how does the version that you've induced on the uh, femoral side uh, match up with the abduction and antiversion that you've induced on the acetabular side. Now, certain times, if it's really complicated, confusing, what I'll do sometimes is broach the femur first and put a unipolar head in to see with the version that I've got, um, where might my cup want to be? But usually based on other landmarks and how I put my cup, I'm usually pretty good and dialed in on where it needs to be. Um, But again, if I look at that and it is off, um, and then I go through my testing, I'm looking for does that change in the position, um, match up with where I might be unstable and then checking an x-ray, what changes do I make? So first thing I do is that combined version. Next thing I do is extension. And you always have to check extension before you start, because if someone has a really, really bad flexion attraction and tight rectus, and then I bring them into extension and it's a little tight, I've improved it already. And it probably will stretch out over time if everything else is correct. Whereas if somebody had full range of motion and now you can't fully extend them and the rectus is tight, you're more than likely have made that person too long. Um, the next thing I do is extension and external rotation. And I think see the big mistake here is people will um, extend the leg to check extension, um, but then let the hip come forward and flex and externally rotate it. And that doesn't truly check. What I'm looking for is an extension. You know, if you over anivert your cup in extension with ambulation, they can impinge the neck on the back of the cup, could lead to anterior instability. But with a full extension external rotation, you can have impingement. Let's say we're talking about a patient's left hip, you know, up around one o'clock, one thirty, the neck can hit the cup, which again can cause anterior instability. So in that case, you know, the question you have to ask is, is this a hypermobile female? That's, this is where I see this more frequently. And in those patients, I occasionally have to make my cup slightly more vertical than I might make a guy who's stiff and has a bad back because you have a lot more wiggle room. They're not as flexible. Tennis player, you know, hyperextension, they go to serve the ball. So you have to keep Um, And for me, I find my cup position varies based on patient size, flexibility, you know, and and vocation um, or hobby, Uh, because if you're impinging there, you have to decide, you know, is it lax? Do I just need to add maybe length and offset? Does that tighten up my soft tissues? Um, Or if their length and offset are correct, is my cup too anaversion or too abducted? And can I change one of those things? So once we check those, that's typically an implant impingement. You rarely see posterior anatomic impingement, um, but you could. I mean, if, if you if you had a large troke and maybe your offset length was off, you could impinge back there. But more commonly, in the back, what I see is implant impingement, and that's what I'm looking for. Then I go into position to sleep. Um, and again, position to sleep, you can have instability. So again, is it troke on pelvis anatomic? More than likely fixed with increased offset, occasionally length. Is it anatomic in the sense of like implant anatomic neck on osteophyte? So when I put my cup in, you know, I'm always feeling up there initially, try to take the osteophytes off. But if you missed one, there may be neck impinging on osteophyte. So implant on anatomic, remove the osteophyte. Always have to be aware too, for me, lateral position, positioners have to go on in the appropriate position. You know, if you're flexing the hip up and it comes more as we go further in this algorithm, you could be banging 
you know, on the belly. You could be banging on a retractor. You could be or a hip positioner that can cause that sense of um, extra body sort of impingement. It's not real, so you have to be aware of that. So once I do position of sleep, then the leg goes into neutral and I flex up to 100 degrees. Again, is it stable or unstable? Is it implant? which would be, you know, neck on cup. Maybe the cup is too abducted. Maybe your cup is retroverted. So you have to see, is it as it's coming out, why? Um, is it troke on pelvis? You know, so if it's troke on pelvis, most likely an offset thing, occasionally a lengthened offset thing, occasionally osteophyte, like we talked about in the beginning, removing those osteophytes. And then flexion, adduction, internal rotation. And then again, if it does sublux or dislocate. And I always talk, this should be artful. This shouldn't be fast. This should be slow. Because if you bring it up to 100, internally rotate and it pops out, you have no idea why and where it popped out. So you have to move it slow. You should put it in your hands. And as it comes up, you should be able to stop because you feel it sublux and then be able to reproduce those three or four degrees and go, why is it subluxing? Is it, again, troke on pelvis? Is there osteophyte on the troke that you can remove? Is it you know, troke on osteophyte, you know, can I remove osteophyte? Is it implant on osteophyte? Can I remove the osteophyte? Is it soft tissue? You know, and then you have to decide if there's osteophyte you can remove, troke or, you know, femoral neck or acetabulum, remove those, retest. Um, If there is no bony impingement and it's soft tissue, you know, is there soft tissue that's redundant capsule or something that you can remove? And if not, um, is there something that you can fix by adding offset or adding length, and that's going to help restore that soft tissue balancing and prevent that instability. So, you know, again, really, really complicated, um, and there's a lot of stuff, and I, you know, I wish it was a simpler algorithm um, that you could just kind of, you know, put in your brain and memorize that, you know, if this, then this. But again, memorizing it doesn't always help you. I think it's better to think about these things in that format of what works for you. I think everybody learns differently. So for me, I'm doing everything based on you know my eyeball templating of the pre-op x-ray and what I'm aiming for intraoperatively based on all those landmarks. And then at that point, I'm checking my combined Ranawat sign. So typically how the hip reduces and what that looks like already gives me some information on may I, you know, do I have to change my cup possibly based on the stability? And then the stability testing really gives me that additional information of is the hip balanced through that what we call functional range of motion? And if it's not, is it implant on implant? Is it implant on anatomic? Is it anatomic on anatomic? And why and where? Is there things that I can remove? Are there things that I can change? And then the last check for me becomes the intraoperative x-ray and blending all of that information and then taking the implants that are available to me that day, depending on what system I'm using and deciding, okay, based on the system, can I add a ball length? Can I lateral lateral offset neck? You know, can I add a vertical neck? Can I um, sink the stem, add offset? Do I have to change my liner? Can I add an offset liner? Do I have to medialize my cup? So all of those things are there to give you the best restoration of length offset and stability um, as opposed to going, they're unstable. I don't know why. We're just going to put a longer ball on, or I'm just going to go to a lateral offset neck, and it must be stable because you know I made them tight. Um, you don't want to kind of err in that window because um, you're going to have a bunch of unhappy patients at the end. So, a lot of information. Um, just kind of my brain and my kind of two cents on what I think you should think about next time that you're in there, but really kind of go through this algorithm and have a good idea. And also, again, be aware of your implants. I guess one thing I didn't touch on, because, you know, if you're, um, 
you know, let's say your brooch is undersized, but you're at the minus ball length and knowing the systems, some systems, all the neck lengths are the same, some neck lengths grow. So let's say the next brooch grows um, in neck length and maybe you need length and offset. So the great option is just going up a brooch, still have the neutral ball, increase neck uh, length and offset, you're balanced. But if you're at the minus and you already are a little long, and you feel like you have to go up in a brooch size, you got to be cautious there because if you can't get that brooch down and you were already slightly long with the minus, you're going to be too long. Uh, it's going to be impossible to get that leg balanced well. So I really believe that it's important that you understand the implants that you're using that day so you understand what all your options are. So if you get into one of these little um, difficulties, you know what options are available for you to fix the problem in front of you, um, which again, at the end of the day, just makes the patient better and gives them the chance for a better outcome. So um, a lot of information. Feel free to listen to this a few times because this is a complicated topic. Uh, but uh, do this and then um, check out that the article that I talked about by Malik and Dorr, um, which is a really good article. I think a good review that talks a lot more about these, you know, implant and anatomic um, impingement zones, you know, read back up on combined version of that Ranawat sign um, just to kind of put all of these little tidbits of information into your brain so you can put them all together in an algorithm that works well for you. So thanks again for listening. I'm Adam Rosen. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Until next time, stay safe. You've been listening to the Total Knee Tips and Pearls podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed so you'll be notified of future episodes. And please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. Until next time, stay safe.